0: And welcome to another episode of All That Film! What's up everyone, I'm your host Tay, hey, and today we're going to start a new series on All That Film, History of uh, a Certain Thing. And the reason I, I sort of want, I mean I already wanted to do this in general, but with everything that's sort of going on right now, I thought it would be helpful to sort of do something uh, centered around African-American films and the history of African-American films, whether it be directors, actors, amazing performances, yada, yada, the whole kid and caboodle. Um, a, that would have been very extensive had I wanted to cover everything, and I think there will probably be like a part two, part three uh, type thing uh, for those for that specific type of video. And on top of that, I'm not sure if everybody would want to hear one white guy be like, oh, well, time to talk about do the right thing. Um, so because of that, I'm flipping things on their head and I'm talking about uh, the white savior, the, the famous term uh, that has been popularized recently, especially with the the popularity of Green Book uh, and people rewatching The Help. Um, that definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to talk about a bunch of white savior films. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you'll notice that there are are more ads than you're probably used to Uh, and that's gonna be because I'm using this the ad revenue for this to donate to Black Lives Matters Uh, I'm making a donation myself and anything that's added uh, with this video I'll add to it anything that's added later with the video essay that I'm making as well for this topic uh, I will again add to it but yeah I hope you guys enjoy this list that I've compiled together Um, if you have any white savior film thoughts or any films that I missed feel free to let me know Uh, And enjoy the episode. So we'll get right into it with these list of films that sort of constitute as a white savior film. For anybody that didn't know, uh, for whatever reason, a white savior is sort of defined as a white character that rescues any non-white characters from unfortunate circumstances. Uh, There's an array of ways this can be portrayed, so it's a little interesting to see the lengths that films try to go to incorporate a white savior with that said a lot of these films tend to focus on oh well i'm a good white person uh is what a lot of them tend to do and uh you know there's there's a channel i forget which one said it best there's one of these on here driving miss daisy and do the right thing came out the same year and one directly was saying oh racism is not as big as it used to be and it's supposed to sort of make you feel, uh, if like if you're white, make you feel good about how far we've progressed. Whereas Do the Right Thing called out blatant racism that was still going on and was a very bold and in, in really well-made film from Spike Lee. And I think it's really a testament, honestly, that, I mean, no offense, I, I have not seen Driving Miss Daisy, so I can't speak to its quality, uh, but people are talking about Do the Right Thing way more than Driving Miss Daisy. There's a couple films that Wikipedia had listed under this category, uh, and I haven't seen them because they came out in the 50s. They're not too popular. Uh, But those being the Jackie Robinson story, uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, uh, and then Jim Thorpe All-American, all of which definitely shouldn't have one of these in them, shouldn't have a white savior character. I will say when we get to 42, I also think that's very much a white savior film as well. And I just think that's such a miss when you're focusing on stuff like Jackie Robinson's story uh, where you can focus on that. And it really, I don't know, I, I guess I'll talk about 42 real quick, but that film really makes you think like, oh, well, see, there's there's good people in the world because they're, you know, giving a human, you know, the smallest fragment of decency not to be racist to them and. Uh, so, you know, it it's one of those things, yeah, I can definitely see how this is annoying, especially with, um, I mean, you'll notice a trend of some of these films going on to win a lot of awards. Uh, so I can, yeah, it definitely is annoying to see this happen, especially in, like, true stories um, that are, like, inspirational in their own right without injecting white saviors in them Uh, but the first film of note on here for me that i've seen is lawrence of arabia which uh, is a british army officer uh that leads the arabs in a revolt against the ottoman empire and uh yeah no i definitely see this one uh i would throw this into the a couple sites that i saw had only listed two uh there's usually the inspiring teacher Uh, And then the Man of Principle, uh, which the Man of Principle is To Kill a Mockingbird, I'll get into in a second. I think there's a third one that you can almost throw in here that is the almost Christ-like figure. Um, And I think that is a reoccurring one, but I think that one also can go hand in hand with maybe Inspirational Teacher, I guess. Um, They are situationally similar, um, and that's the case here. He's sort of going out of his way to be to be the man of reason and to help um help solve all all this fighting and all this tension. Lawrence of Arabia. Look, here's the thing we're going to get into on some of these movies. Some of these movies are good. And that's not to say they aren't good bringing these up here. But what is what is worse is to not clearly recognize like the problems that arise in these films. Like you can like driving Miss Daisy or to kill a mockingbird but you can also recognize the problems with those movies especially the the blatant problems with having in elevating a white savior in those films Uh, especially you know the thing with jackie robinson specifically like that story is that should only be centered on jackie robinson like imagine if uh selma had some random character i don't know i don't even know who they'd get jack black just came in and he's like i love martin luther king and like they devoted 15 minutes to that character it wouldn't make sense um but yeah lawrence of arabia first one that sort of comes to mind again i sort of constituted in the christ-like figure um and then after that the the main one that sort of defines the man of principle atticus finch in a to kill a mockingbird obviously uh, a white attorney uh, that defends a black man falsely accused of rape, and I'm not gonna lie. I feel like um, a lot of people, uh, <laughs> maybe teachers included, are like, "Yep, that's that's all the racism we need to talk about." When there's so much more like depth to the conversation of of that, and like, don't get me wrong, like it, it's it's a good story to kill a mockingbird it has a good message but at the same time it's like oh well how do we have a flawed system where this guy's just getting falsely accused of this and this is still happening today um so the people that sort of read to kill a mockingbird and they're like isn't this crazy that we were really really mean to people of color it's like well it's still kind of that way like we still have definite changes we need to make um this one, this next one, I'm, I I wouldn't know if I'd constitute it as a white savior film. And again, I'm a white man. So my, my opinion on this uh, is with the tiniest grain of salt. Uh, and that is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, where a white protagonist is in a mental hospital and confronts his cruel nurse and then he also has a native american patient that he escapes with from the hospital. <sighs> if if this were if i were counting this as a white savior film i'd probably put it in maybe the christ like figure i guess, but i'm not really sure. I don't particularly love one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I think it's a little exploitative. I think it doesn't do it kind of does a disservice to mental health issues and You know, this did come out in 75, so that was a while ago, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it's not – it just doesn't have, like, anything it's sort of saying, if that makes sense. And I don't know. I just really don't get anything out of that film, I guess. But I'll move on to the next one. So there's a gap, at least on on the list for a little bit. So, So White Saviors disappeared for nearly a decade. A good decade. Uh, (laughs) and then we got indiana jones temple of doom um and the only one i'd argue about this i feel like indiana jones is not a white savior but temple of doom is very racist um in that they have uh very much put stereotypes on short round they put stereotypes on the people that indy runs into i have not rewatched temple of doom i'm not too excited to go back to it i've watched raiders and uh and uh, I, I can't think of the third one off the top of my head uh but oh last crusade um uh, but i've watched both of those again and i i really love them and i don't for whatever reason i don't want to watch temple of doom and be like yeah this is noticeably like really really bad, um, in, in the sense that it's very playing into those, those stereotypes in a lot of ways. Um, so if I, if I had to put this somewhere, I would again, throw it in the Christ like category, if anything. And then there's, honestly, there's a couple ones that I have not seen. Uh, this list is pretty expensive. I'm really only going to get to the ones that I sort of know about. Otherwise, you know, I could bring up stuff like the principal, um, or the man who would be king, but I don't, I don't know that much about them. Uh, so I'm sure you guys don't want to hear someone that doesn't know much about those. Uh, the next one that I haven't seen, but it's important to bring up, I guess it's a twofer. Um, there's Glory, uh, which is during the American Civil War, um, where a regiment of African-American soldiers fight for the Union, um, and that's led by Matthew Broderick, and he is... Probably the man of principle like Atticus Finch. Um, and yeah, I've I've heard I've heard mixed things about Glory. I have not seen that one, but the more important one I feel like is Dances with Wolves. Um, also a Union soldier. So again, twofer here. Um, these came out back to back 89, 90. And he leads a, a group of a, a Native American tribe against uh, the evil forces of the South. And the only reason I bring this one up, uh, because it's played by Kevin Costner. And that's important, because Kevin Costner is going to be on this list a lot. And it's really funny to me that he fits so many times. There's another guy that I think is in here multiple times. One there's one I will admit that I would argue the placement of being on here because I think, I think they're they're a different thing than White Saviors. Uh, I think they're appropriating a culture, uh, which which I'll get into later. But that's that's the early signs of White Savior uh, Kevin Costner, and he's yeah he's probably the man of principle here. Um, but yeah, a, a couple to mention before I, I move on to the other ones. Uh, cool Runnings. A bunch of people bring that up. Uh, and it's John Candy sort of helping a national bobsled team. Uh, a Jamaican national bobsled team. Uh, and and I do wonder on a lot of these. And maybe I should have done further research now that we're talking about this. Uh, how many of these sort of injected a character? Or or upped that character's involve, involvement in the story? Um, that is... That is important because there's there's a couple like recently uh, that are baffling that they included a character um, and just sort of made up a white savior character because they're like, well, we got to have one, I guess. Like maybe that's how uh, maybe that's how Martin Freeman ended up in the in in Black Panther. Um, Kevin Feige was like, you got to have one. That's how it goes. But a couple other ones, Stargate. A white uh, Egyptologist and a white military uh, colonel rescue a non-white population from an alien planet. That one, I feel like it doesn't emphasize that as much. Again, you got to take my opinion with a grain of salt. But I just feel like that's not like the main thing about it, that that racial backgrounds are part of it. It's more just like a sci-fi thing. That's not to say its not it doesn't have problems, I guess, that people could could definitely turn to um but the next one is another guy that i think might be on here a couple times we're about to see and that is a time to kill starring matthew mcconaughey uh which is in rural mississippi uh matthew mcconaughey is a lawyer a lot of his white savior films are with him as a lawyer um and it's got samuel L. jackson and it uh, it also has Sandra Bullock who is going to be on here later as well. So two two early white saviors showing up in 96. And again, I I like the conceit of this film. But I guess what a lot of people would point out, it don't get me wrong, the the speech the lawyer gives is great like it 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 captures what the movie is going for perfectly. And the whole legal drama of the back and forth between McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson is fantastic. Uh, But I could understand how someone's like, well, why didn't you have, you know, Samuel L. Jackson deliver that powerful line at the end? Why does it have to be Matthew McConaughey being an almost Christ-like figure? I wouldn't throw him in the Christ-like category just yet. Um, I'd put him in the man of of principle. Um, And then there's another interesting one here after that. The Matrix was listed. I thought that one was sort of important to bring up because it's just interesting because I know the Wachowskis recently are like, oh, well, The Matrix is actually a story about being trans. Um, So for it to have like this term and be like, oh, but it's also kind of a white savior film uh, from a couple people uh, in that they're entering. This is what a couple people had said. I, I wrote down some quotes that people said. Uh, entering the multicultural landscape outside uh, computer s- uh, simulated reality, and must begin through his grace to save non-white people from impending disaster. Uh, and then also later on describes Neo as the white Messiah who has racially who has a racially diverse team of helpers. Uh, this movie's potential critique of white racism is contradicted by a mythic plot in which the black characters Morpheus, the Oracle. And Morpheus's crew members Tank and Dozer are disciples who serve the White Messiah at Neo. And honestly, I I do get where people are coming from for sure on this. Uh, but the one thing I'll sort of throw out is like Will Smith was supposed to be the lead of this, so I I do think that is important a little bit, like just to discuss because something like. I don't know, something like, I don't know, Green Book, I guess. If that if that were a real story of two black men going across uh, the U.S. driving together. And then they were like, oh, well, we're going to replace because we can't get uh, Denzel Washington. So we're going to replace him with Viggo Mortensen. That is a film that I would be like, why did they do that? Whereas The Matrix, it sort of feels like, oh, whatever. it's It's a sci-fi movie. But I I think these criticisms do have a little bit of validity to them. Um, I don't think that was like the intent of this film. like Not even um, in the background of their minds, if that makes sense. I don't think they went into this being like, yeah, we're going to make a a Christ-like white savior film. So Neo would probably be thrown into Christ-like. But that's more like the metaphor of the movie itself. I don't think he's a Christ-like white savior, if that makes sense. But again... I can understand if someone sort of throws that out and is like, "Hey, wait, wait! Neo's a white savior." I I can I can listen to that argument. I, I think there's definitely something that's there. The next one is definitely um, fits in this category: uh, the Three Kings uh, with George Clooney, I think Marky Mark, and Ice Cube, um, and it's it's the white leader of the U.S. Army uh, has has respect and loyalty to his mixed team and the Iraqi Rebels. And George Clooney, honestly, look, I <laughs> I, I should preface this. this. This shouldn't be something that's like praised or rewarded. Um, but I feel like if you looked at George Clooney's career, he definitely could have been a white savior, like more than he was, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like if, I, if someone asked me before, like, oh, how many white savior films is George Clooney in? I would have probably been, like, at least three, probably. And uh, I think it's only really Three Kings. I think there is, like, appropriation in... I'm trying to remember the, the Hawaii one that he's in. I, I can get behind, like, that. But I, I don't think there's too many white savior films. He's he's the man of reason here in Three Kings. Um, three Kings is not great. Um, it's, it's got some okay things to it. And I sort of get how this like launched David O. Russell's career more. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of war movies coming out in the late nineties and early two thousands. The next one, the next one is for sure a white savior film. Uh, remember the Titans. And I think this one constitutes under a great movie that you can understand and talk about like why it's a white savior film without like that that's not me like bringing up hey if this is a white savior film you have to hate it now um again you can still like these films i think remember the titans is a great honestly amazing movie uh sports movies are usually not good uh unfortunately i think there's so much room for good storylines there things like miracle and uh coach carter um but yeah, there's a white high school coach that gives uh, help to his school with a black football coach. And I think he like stands up to Yeah, he stands up to white referees at one point that are fixing the game so the black football coach can't win, played by Denzel. And the thing that I sort of want to throw out here is there's a lot of these movies, a lot, especially around this time. <laughs> Are sort of throwing out the idea that, hey, there's there's bad racist white people, and then there's the good ones, and I think it's just, it is it is a little annoying, when, when they're sort of not acknowledging like different levels of racism, different levels of internal biases people have, um, that they're still that they're still having to this day, and just to say like oh, well, this, per- this person inherently hates black people, so therefore, like, that's what a racist is. No, r- racists are people that, you know, sort of buy into these stereotype ideas in the back of their mind uh, that they've they've heard and they believe that stuff about stereotypes. Um, and I, I just feel like a lot of films like this, unfortunately, don't necessarily... Well, in Remember the Titans specifically, I don't think it has the room unfortunately to talk about it because it has to do with football story it has to deal with a lot of the players um and i think it it doesn't do like a great job completely exploring that but it also has to deal with sport at the same time whereas like some of these others that i'm about to mention i definitely get um why people would be like wait a minute why didn't they address more of this um but yeah there's there's a more of a a middle ground of like what uh what a, a white liberal's racism is, um, which I think is, is important to bring up. And I think a lot of films do a really good job of bringing that stuff up. And most of these on here don't do a very good job of bringing, bringing that up. Uh, there's a couple on here uh, just going after Remember the Titans that I have not seen. Um, so I'll go ahead and just go through those real quick. Um, those being radio... Tears of the Sun and Glory Road, uh, all, all white savior films in their own right. And the one that I wanted to bring up is The Last Samurai uh, with Tom Cruise, which uh, will later happen again with Matt Damon. I don't know if it's, I don't know if they list it here. No, nope, no, nope, they have The Great Wall here. Good, good. I'll bring that one up later. But yeah, Tom Cruise, guess what? He's, he's a samurai, um, travels to Japan and joins a group of samurais. And the only thing, <laughs> I'm not saying this like, hey, good on the movie. But I went into this thinking that The Last Samurai was going to be like, hey, Tom Cruise is Japanese. <laughs> Which <laughs> he's not at all. Like, he couldn't pass for that at all. But I I legitimately thought like, oh, Tom Cruise is going to grow up in Japan and they're just not going to address it. Um, There is sort of... <sighs> There is a little bit of a discussion to have here, and I'm not saying, I don't know. I don't think I'm the the right person to necessarily discuss this. But films like The Last Samurai, and specifically The Great Wall, I guess I'll talk about The Great Wall now. Uh, there's another one on here that I think, think fits that same category, uh, but maybe not to the same extremes. Both of those films are sold to audiences, with a superstar attached to them be it tom cruise be it matt damon um so it is interesting to say the least that like would these movies have done as well without you know a a an established uh, actor and a lot of that to point out of course is that people of color are not given the same opportunity in in acting so someone like lucy Liu was never given like a major film just to carry or a major franchise to carry. Um, And I do think that's going to be one of those things we start seeing change a little bit. Uh, You know, Chadwick Boseman, I think, can do a good job of maybe uh, starting to become like a recognized face. I hope, I really hope that John David Washington can become like the superstar actor. I think that one guy, wow, I forget his name. Uh, but he's in Crazy Rich Asians and the A Simple Favor. I think it's Henry Golding. Uh, he might have a chance for stardom at some point because um, he's got he's got some charisma to him. But I I just think that's like an interesting thing to bring up, at least in that debate um, or not debate, but like an interesting wrinkle to that. Where the only thing like I'd sort of argue is like films like that. It would be nice if you're also... Like, you're limiting Tom Cruise, if that makes sense. So you're creating space for other actors to sort of grow themselves and, like, be recognizable and people to be like, oh, yeah, like, that guy was amazing. Um, He should be in more movies. That would be cool as well. Um, Which brings me to another one that I'm sort of wondering if maybe... (sighs) That's kind of the case because it's Blood Diamond uh, and it is... Definitely a white savior film. Um, both the last samurai uh, and blood diamond man of action for sure. Um, and I bring this one up because like right after this, because obviously Leonardo Caprio's is uh, a white savior in, in Africa. It's weird that they're like, Oh, we got to throw Leo in, in Africa. There's a, there's one movie called, and maybe I just don't know the premise. I believe it's called out of Africa. Um, and it stars two of the widest actors that I could think of. Uh, and I think one's Meryl Streep. I think the others, uh, <laughs> I think the others, Claus, uh, Brandier. Um, and I bring that up cause there's a lot of, no, sorry. It's for sure not Claus. It's, a uh, Robert Redford. Uh, and the reason I bring this stuff up, there is a ton of, Of, like, whitewashed African films. Uh, So even... There's another one with Humphrey Bogart, uh, an African film. And it's just weird that, like, those exist. And they're like, yeah, just throw a white guy in it. Whatever. Um, And the thing that I sort of, like, get upset specifically with Blood Diamond, just to circle back on that. um, Digimon Honsu is, like, giving terrific work on the same level as Leonardo DiCaprio. And I just feel like he has not been given like the the same amount of opportunity. Um, he's played like a lot of side characters and stuff. Whether it be like Guardians of the Galaxy, how are you going to hire Digimon Hansu and just be like, "Yep, you're just going to be a random guy that shows up twice. You have two lines, Digimon Hansu," um, and then literally bring him back in Captain Marvel, and he doesn't do anything in Captain Marvel. Like you had an opportunity to fix it. Um, so that one like bothers me a little bit. I think Digimon Hansu could have like a really good career. He's, he's a good actor. Like just, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where like, Hey, you made this movie with the white savior. You, you let people see Digimon Hansu, Awesome. Now let's let him act more. Right. Um, and they're like, nah, eh, nah, I mean, we'll give him a small role in gladiator. You know, we'll do that. Um, gladiator obviously before blood diamond but i just i don't know maybe it's because he was in push and like everybody in a push hasn't hasn't really done well after um but yeah i just i don't know i just feel like he should have like one movie where it's like the digimon hansu like he's there he's doing it digimon hansu he's great and i guess you could say oh man he is in a lot of flops as well um ones where he's sort of starring more now I'm sort of looking at it. But, I don't know. I do... Ooh, I just saw maybe a spoiler thing. I won't say it. So that way you guys don't know it. But don't don't Google Digimon Hansu's upcoming career. Um, and next we'll move on to one that I sort of recognize. And it's... It is different. Because Half Nelson... Starring Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling, surprisingly, is one of the actors that is on here multiple times. Probably. Um, and this one is weird because... It deals with like themes of addiction. And I don't think it makes... I... Again, grain of salt opinion here. Like the smallest grain of salt. Um, I would argue that this film can come across white saviory, and like from the surface level, it seems white savory, uh, savior E. Um, but I don't feel like that's what the story is sort of going towards. And I've watched a lot of these like teacher saving inner city kids movies. Um, and have Nelson just feels very different. That's not to say it isn't a white savior film. It probably still constitutes as one, but like, this is also a story of, uh, of a black child saving that student. Um, So I do think it's almost different. That's, that's a couple like waves does that too. I think it is a white savior film in, in some ways, um, even though it's, it's the white kid getting saved. If that makes sense, like the way it plays, I think that, that one is much more apparent with that. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a conversation for half Nelson. Half Nelson is I'll admit, one of my favorite movies. Um, and I think it's Ryan Gosling's best performance. But again, that's not to say like there isn't something here that's that's harmful to the industry. Um, so I get it. I definitely get it. Um, the next one is actually one that I watched for this, uh, which I found out was uh, whitewashed for this movie, which is crazy. Um, and that's Freedom Riders. And Freedom Riders is interesting because I went into it sort of knowing the controversy, knowing that Freedom Riders is a white savior film. Um, man, do they sort of know how to, how to emotion bait you. And emotion bait is in a lot of movies that are sort of going for that. Um, but that doesn't mean like, again, that doesn't mean they're bad. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely get how this is. Constitu- this is like, if someone was asking for like five, hey, name five white savior movies. This is definitely one of them. Uh, all the the all the other teachers in this film uh, that are white are very racist. Um, and they're then they're like, oh, well, she's just a good soul. Like she found in the kindness of her heart. Um, I do think one of the things this film does well is it sort of makes the kids, uh, and the film I feel like does emphasize that. Um, the kids are ultimately the ones that save each other. Um, one thing someone pointed out to me, uh, if you're going to have a whole Cambodian group at school and not give them lines, that's a little odd, uh, it's an odd choice to make, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's some good stuff in this. And honestly, I didn't recognize any of the actors, but like, this could be a movie that like starts giving that should ultimately should, and I should emphasize that. Uh, should give people more of a chance at acting. Um, and I don't think it did, unfortunately, because a lot of these actors, I don't, I don't know what they went on because I, I don't necessarily like recognize them as much. Um, and I think they're really, I don't know. I think they're all like pretty good. Uh, everybody's a decently good student actor here. There's one in particular that I think is kind of like overplaying it a little bit. Um, but also like this movie came out in 2007. Uh, which like, is kind of odd to me, like the way it handles certain things. Like, obviously it's, it's a set in the mid nineties. So like, that's part of it, but just the way they sort of portray things like, I don't know. And also it's, it's oddly color graded. Um, but I'll move on to the next one. A year later, old cowboy man, uh, Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Oh no. Um, he's in Gran Torino. Um, a racist white Korean veteran, Korean war veteran, not a Korean veteran. Sorry. Um, helps a group of teenagers defend themselves, uh, and his family from a gang. And like, dude, this movie is so racist. Like Clint Eastwood, I, I feel like at this point, Clint Eastwood is not playing a character. He's playing himself. And like, he just doesn't like Asian people. And he's like, well, what if we made a movie about that? And then made me the hero. And it's like, what? What? Sorry, what? (laughs) And, like, this one is so blatantly, like, again, this is one of the ones I would sort of point to and be like, this is one of the most harmful versions of this. Like, no, let's not do this. Um, But, yeah, it, it has some all right things in it, I guess. But it literally starts out with Clint Eastwood being like, there's nothing more than I than I hate than Korean people. And then at the end of the movie, he's sort of like, well, some Korean people are good, but I still hate them. And it's like, D- what? What? <laughs> That's not a lesson to put in a movie. <laughs> um, but we'll move on. Dude, they, they, okay. Oh, man, there's a string of, of bad ones here, um, like blatant offenders. Uh, there's Avatar. Um, which is a white former Marine, Sam Worthington, uh, goes to another human planet, uh, goes to, a, sorry, not human planet, goes to another planet uh, and becomes a part of an alien culture. Uh, and yeah, dude, this is basically, uh, this is basically Dances with Wolves. So, you know, this is, it's just a retelling of that story. So it still falls in the same category. Then after that, I have one that I feel like is probably the most harmful, and that's the blind side. I think the blind side is not a good movie at all. Um, I think it's misleading, uh, and Michael and Michael Orr has gone on to say this is not how his life actually went, um, and it's that can be disrespectful to to the story. Like there is a story here. But you let Michael or tell that. Like you, you have to understand. If you're wanting to tell the story. You have to do it in the correct way. Um, and this is definitely not it. Uh, there's a point in this. Again. The thing that like makes me so upset about this. Is I feel like it makes it. Makes it so apparent when something is racist. Um, whereas there are. There are small things that people do in their everyday life. That are racist. That are marginalizing people that are you know ruining people's lives and and diminishing opportunity for people uh and for a film like the blind side to just be like well racism is just when when an old white guy in the football stand said i don't want black people playing for my football team like yeah there's there are people that are that cartoonishly racist but like the people like sandra bullock's character. Also have a bit of racism, not a bit, a, a lot. <laughs> like, um, and that's the part that like we do need to understand. Like, as we're sort of progressing, like, hey, a lot of the stuff you're doing is racist. Just because you're calling out blatant racism does not mean what you're doing is not racist. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't like The Blind Side, and I think a lot of people really like The Blind Side. People talked about it for. I played football, and people talked about The Blind Side a lot. Um, and they're like, oh, it's we saw it. We saw it twenty times. We love The Blind Side. It it solved racism in football, um, but yeah, I I hate The Blind Side. Well, yeah, yeah, probably. Hate is a strong word, but I th- I think that might fit in this in this particular uh, discussion. Um, and then after that is Dis- District Nine. Um, a white South American government official uh, works to relocate aliens uh to a new internment camp it's uh it's metaphorical with what it's doing and i understand why this is here and another thing hey you know ah i don't know i guess i don't know if like someone like digimon hansu is the right actor to to play that that government official because it's like a comedic role but i bet he could do it but yeah no like if you're gonna there's just a lot of south african people in any time they do an african movie they're like oh well they're in south africa and there happens to be white people there you know um but yeah the district nine that's that's all i really have to say about that one i i don't think district nine's bad it helped launch blonde camp's career um which has not gone off well sort of after this i know he has elysium which honestly that one might be like a christ-like white savior oh. film in all honesty um but then after that i thought this film came out way earlier uh the soloist with robert downey jr and and jamie foxx uh where a white man helps a mentally handicapped and homeless man uh revive his passion and skill in music so this is for sure the, the what what's the teacher one called um let me scroll up in my notes the inspirational teacher this this definitely fits in this and i know some people that really like the soloist but there's a lot of people that bring up the flaws in that and honestly i am shocked that this came out in 2009 of all years then the one that's uh been popular on on netflix recently what didn't you know it um but this takes place in the 60s in mississippi uh focus on focuses on Emma stone um in her career and journalism and encouraging black mates to share their personal stories and experiences uh you know despite racism being a very prevalent thing at the time very 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 much happening at that time um and here's the problem look honestly the help's well made the help has like good acting performances it's semi, look, I don't want to, I mean, it would have, it, look, it was bound to happen regardless, but it's semi launched the careers of Octavia Spencer and Viola Davis, which you could make the argument, maybe that without the help, we don't get Viola Davis in like widows or fences and she's a tremendous actor, but honestly, we probably would have because Viola Davis is incredible. So it was bound to happen. But like, this is one of those movies as bad as the help is as a white savior film, at least at least it has the 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 track record for it that hey, like we we helped make these actors famous because they were already amazing. So they would have thrived in anything instead of just being maids. Um, but at least we got that going for us, I guess <laughs> which I don't know, I guess is is better than nothing. like Octavia Spencer was nominated supporting actress. Uh, and Viola Davis was, was also nominated um, and, and won, I believe. Um, no, sorry, Octavia Spencer won. Uh, Viola Davis did not win. Uh, oh, ew, ew, ew. They also nominated Jessica Chastain. See, don't don't do that. Don't nominate Jessica Chastain. Don't be like, you played a good racist. We're going to nominate you. That's just, I don't know, that feels icky from... A group of people that's mostly white were like yeah you did it you did a good job Jessica Chatain and she's denounced this movie she literally posted something that was like hey here's a bunch of other films that you can watch instead of the help on Netflix um, the next one I definitely understand I think it has again the wachowskis on here Claude Alice um, spans over a bunch of different er, uh, eras and white actor, Jim Sturgis or Tom Hanks, uh, depicted as a Korean hero uh, who rescues uh, another Korean person. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I sort of get this. Um, Cloud Alice is is problematic. I can understand that. Um, the only thing I... I don't know. Dude, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not the one to be making these arguments. But, like, outside from my perspective, it's like, oh, well, everybody's getting weird facial, like cloud Atlas is such a weird movie to where I don't even know if it's like, I mean, if I don't think it's whitewashing, it's, it's like Asian face or yellow face. I guess. I don't know. It's, I don't know, dude. <laughs> <I> don't, <laughs> cloud Atlas is, is bizarre. Um, I think it has good stuff to it. I think there's something there for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I can, I can get this being on here. I don't know what it, like, I understand why they focus on the Jim Sturges character. But uh, I wouldn't, I think I'd sooner argue Cloud Atlas like appropriation than, than a white savior film, I guess, if we were putting things in, in bubbles. Um, but yeah, Django Unchained. Um, I can get that. I mean, it only has like a small amount on here. Christoph Waltz definitely is a white savior in some degree, for sure. Um, but the film focuses on Jamie Foxx. That's not to say like, yep, Tarantino's fine. He's never done a bad thing. Um, but I just mean like out of, out of a lot of the ones here. Um, now I do think what could be, what could be interesting about this is if the Django comics, the Django like screenplay, if that had Christoph Waltz's character in it at first, or if Tarantino added that, um, that would be interesting to me. Um, then the next one, <laughs> Lincoln, uh, starring Daniel Day-Lewis and other white figures in the American Civil War trying to end slavery in the United States. I don't, Like, Lincoln's boring to me. Um, it's just not something that I'm super into. I think it's an overlong biopic. It doesn't really do anything that well. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is fine, whatever. Um, but it, Lincoln doesn't really interest me, so maybe that's why I'm not, like fired up about this because i I just think lincoln's not a good movie like from the onset from the get go um but next (laughs) next is one that's super important because it's because the only reason i actually made the christ-like figure is because (laughs) of this one uh 12 years a slave is definitely definitely for sure um a, a white savior film with brad pitt's character um, in the Christ-like sense. Um, and definitely sort of unnecessary, almost. And just feels like so Hollywood. Like, yeah, we got Brad Pitt. Look at him. Isn't he great? He's the best. He's so nice to, to people. Isn't he great for showing human decency? Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much... I, I just think, honestly, like... I don't know. I might get flack for saying this i guess but 12 years a slave is so that one's so like apparent it's almost like laughable like it was put into a movie um and honestly okay the good part about this i feel like brad pitt like learned a lesson from this which a lot of people in hollywood don't um unfortunately uh in that like brad pitt was like oh well movies like moonlight or uh, from Beale Street Could Talk or uh, I'm trying to think of all the films that he helped produce with Plan B there's a ton of different films and he didn't throw himself in there and yeah you could argue throwing Brad Pitt on the poster is going to get people to come into a movie but also you need to establish like black actors and let a, a black-led story be a blacklet story and not oh it's a blacklet story and Brad Pitt shows up in each of these movies to be Jesus um, so interesting one to bring up uh, I already talked about forty-two. I brought up Elysium. I didn't know it was listed here, um, but yeah, Camp with two, two white savior ones um, on here. Um, Elysium definitely less so than uh, District Nine, but yeah, I brought up forty-two. That's that's hit the nail on the head. Of see, these people not racist. These people good people. Harrison Ford good person, cause he no racist. But Harrison Ford, look the dude. The actual dude that played Harrison Ford's character, probably very racist. Like, he's just not up front with it and not, like, I don't know. It, 42 is a weird movie to me. Dude, Chadwick Boseman is an amazing actor, and he deserved better, in all honesty. Because he gives an incredible performance, but the movie, is it's not the best. Um, but yeah, uh, then Million Dollar Arm. Uh, which, again, is based on a true story. Uh, he organizes uh, a talent contest in India, and he finds uh, people that are skilled to play baseball. And this is John Hamm, White Savior, from, from Mad Men. So he was like, well, I'm done selling cigarettes. Time to be a White Savior in India. Um, I haven't seen this one yet. I'll probably check it out at some point. I think it's like a Disney movie. I feel like a lot of the like made-for-Disney movies sort of white savior Phi like the films themselves um and that's a little weird like you can do you can do a little bit better there and then we're back to costner um because he's a white coach in mcfarland uh of a team of latino cross-country runners um but yeah no this is definitely the the teacher the the inspirational teacher um, that he has to has to try his best to understand and grow and, and teach the people. Um, I haven't seen this one again. There's two in a row that I haven't seen. Boy, am I the worst. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get this. I can understand this completely. And Kevin Costner, again, we're going to get to another one that's definitely the worst of all of them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get where people are coming from with this. I, I understand the sentiments uh, from from the old... the. From from the White Savior Pointer Outers, I guess. I, I don't know if they have if they have a name, that group. Um, Free State of Jones has a lot to talk about uh, that was listed on it. I haven't seen Free State of Jones. It did not do well. Uh, it was trying to be in awards contention. Um, but, yeah, I won't. That's the one that's also Matthew McConaughey, so I'd more than likely believe that it's probably a White Savior film. The big one that I wanted to bring up... Um, Hidden Figures! Hidden Figures is on here, and boy, oh boy, is it bad because Kevin Costner's character did not exist in this movie. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that was just made to make uh, Kevin Costner look better. Um, that's crazy! That's crazy! Because you can make a movie where guess what? White people are racist, and and these three African-American women overcame immense circumstances to to go into their field at nasa and and help help launch rockets like you can you can make a story about that like there doesn't have to be a kevin costner like i don't i don't know i would think it would be interesting to somehow like pull people subconsciously be like well do you need a kevin costner in this movie because maybe dude honestly maybe people would say that maybe people would bring that up you're like, oh, Kevin Costner's performance was just so. Oh yeah, yeah, those three actresses are also great. But Kevin Costner, man, he just, he just not racist so well. Um, so that is that is one to bring up, and that's why I brought up Kevin Costner, uh, his reoccurring trends. La La Land. This is one again with the the Gosling that I would I would argue is appropriation of a culture, and I have listened to people at first um i i was i was younger when la la land came out i was a different man um because there were people that were like how dare ryan gosling explain jazz to emma stone and honestly i i understand at this point i understand that criticism i completely get it ryan gosling of all people being like let me let me go on a quest to save jazz music the historically black musical genre um, and even you have the John legend character that's sort of leaning into the more poppy, um, music. And I think he's, I think he's defended it a little bit, but, uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I, get, I get where people are coming from for sure on this. Like I, I completely get those sentiments. Um, but yeah, that's La La Land. And then the next one is Legend of Tarzan, uh, which basically it returns to Africa and fights the slave trade uh tarzan legend of tarzan is not a good movie at all unfortunately um it could be good i guess but it's not it's not at all um which brings me to the great wall which i've already brought up uh matt damon is a white european mercenary who travels to china in search of gunpowder um yeah odd odd choice i guess because China, China specifically has gone on to make some of the highest grossing films just in China uh, without Matt Damon. So, you know, is it worth it for the 100 people that saw The Great Wall in the United States, in Europe? I don't know how many people saw it. Honestly, it might have been way more than 100 mil. But the next one that's brought up is an interesting one in The Greatest Showman, P.T. Barnum. I, I'd probably agree with this because not only does this film sort of neglect like the history of pt barnum it also has a a bunch of uh a cast of minorities a cast of those with disabilities and pt barnum exploited that and the film does not go on to do that unfortunately i think the musical moments are good in this um it mostly focuses on barnum and they're like oh he just wanted to he he's just passionate and he wanted to complete his dream isn't that great um so yeah that that one not the best I think I think a P.T. Barnum film could be made in a darker tone that puts more of the emphasis on on the the group of people that he sort of gathered together and collected because even at the end of the movie semi-spoilers but they're like we still love you P.T. Barnum you put us together and there could just be a lot more complexity to that Um, and unfortunately there's not the one that I wanted to bring up that everybody knows green book Yikes. They were like, "Oh, this uh this this classical artist Don Shirley, uh this jazz pianist Don Shirley played by the very talented Mahershala Ali. That's great and all. But what if we could make a movie centered around a meatball head named Tony Lip played by Viggo Mortensen, baby? Yeah. And like the whole the whole plot of the movie is oh Vigo Mortensen racist, he bad. Uh, and then oh Vigo Mortensen invited Mahershala to the table at dinner. He good now. And it's like, dude, what are you on about? Like Green Book has problems. I think honestly Vigo and Mahershala's chemistry is good, but it is definitely a White Saviour film, and it is more problematic that a White Saviour film like this is rewarded um best picture just because like i don't know it's just so odd that this was a, a, a awarded best picture the same year that black klansman came out a film that handles that topic completely different and doesn't like imagine if black klansman imagine if black klansman the the adam driver character they were like oh well th- this clearly is the most important story to tell is him becoming less racist um Which would be annoying. Which would be completely annoying. And there's so much more complexity in Black Klansman than there is for Green Book. it's just making me yaw thinking of it. Ah. Yeah, Green Book is, I don't know, it's solid in parts. It's fun. I literally told people so many times. I was like, there's no chance it wins Best Picture, so it's harmless. I think it's solid. Um, And then I won Best Picture, and I was like, oh no, I was wrong. Um... But the only other one that I can bring up here is the Isle of Dogs, which I hear. Uh, I probably, if, if I were throwing things out, I'd probably more... I'd semi-throw that into appropriation, but at the same time, uh, there's a white student uh, that mostly like gets the credit for solving everything. So I definitely get like where that comf- comes from, where, where that's being brought up. It's interesting because there's not as much of a list for... Uh, the appearance of this in television. I don't know if there's just less of that. There there probably are some. There's just less people that have, uh, less people that have documented that, I suppose, because movies do a way more clear job of that. Um, But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's my whole list of white savior films. So thank you guys for checking this out. Look forward to the video essay on this topic as well. Uh, And if you have any thoughts on these, if there's any I missed, feel free to leave a comment down below. Let me know what I missed. Let me know anything I should have focused on more. I'm definitely interested to hear what people have to say on this discussion. Thank you for checking this episode out again. See ya.